0: Hello everybody, and welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. This is our second uh, Roundball Roundup broadcast, and Roundball Roundup wasn't able to make it tonight. His microphone was not working on his computer, so right now it's just John and Brian Manning, my regular co-host. How you doing, Brian?
1: I'm good, John. How about yourself?
0: Ah, oh, doing a little bit better. Health is getting a little bit better, whatever this glue flu is, or God only knows what disease is running around anymore. Hopefully it's not the coronavirus, so. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. At it, it Tech, with the number of Chinese students at Virginia Tech, it's no telling. But, be that as it may, we have a couple of things to talk about this evening. The first of which is um, the basketball team, because that's the principal reason for this particular podcast, although we're not going to go into too much detail because it's kind of painful. The game this weekend was another total misfire, but then supposedly an opportunity to rescue themselves just completely fell flat on Tuesday, and they went to Atlanta, and it didn't seem like... They really ended up getting on the plane or the bus or whatever, but the whole team didn't show up or their shooting was left behind or something.
1: They actually played Florida state pretty well on, on Saturday. I mean, we didn't expect them to win and, but they, Florida state's length is always a problem for the Hokies. They're always, regardless of what guys leave Florida state, they always recruit length. They have six ten, six eleven, seven 6'11 seven foot guys routinely who can run. And, it messes with the Hokies, and that Saturday was no different. But the Hokies hung in there better than I think some anticipated. And then on um, Tuesday night, I think we all kind of—I knew we—I think we knew Georgia Tech would. We, we discussed last week. Georgia Tech is a much improved team this year, but the Hokies should have won that game based on the Hokies we saw up until three weeks ago, and they were never in that game. It was a complete and it was just an utter embarrassing performance done in Atlanta, and the. For our tournament hopes now, the ship has sailed.
0: Oh, it's gone. The bubble popped. The bu- Like I said, we call it chasing the bubble for a chance to get in. Uh, you know, maybe a chance for a play-in. That just popped. As a matter of fact, right now, the NIT bubble is, is fading.
1: Well, their next three games are also, all three are at home. Within a, a 11-day span, you got to beat Boston College Saturday, Pitt. Pitt a week from Saturday. It's unusual in the ACC season team getting a week break like that, but they play, but this team could use it. They play the yeah. 8th and the 15th against Pitt, and then they come back home to play Miami on Wednesday night, and all three games are winnable. Do I expect them to win all three games? No, I don't, and we saw what happened with Miami down in Coral Gables. Miami's with their best player, and dominated the Hokies, and likes should be back for that game, so Don't feel optimistic. I
0: I didn't get a chance to see the game live. I had had to watch the feed again because of ACC network fan dangle. But from the people at work that were watching the game, they were stunned. They said that, that they were not handling the ball well. They were not setting up plays well. They couldn't get the ball inside at all. And when they were, they were missing layups and short jumpers and they they weren't hitting at all from outside, and all you had to do is take a look at the percentages, and it was well, bad. Yeah, they were, I mean, they, yeah hit, they were. They were shooting what thirty percent
1: of twenty three from three point range, and this, this team is so reliant yeah. on the three point shot that that that's a, um you're not going to win anything. This team can't recover from that if they're shooting that badly. It's that's seventeen percent. This team shoots 17% from three-point range. They're going to lose by double digits every time because they have no inside scoring ability. Their big man is P.J. Horn, who's generously listed at, what, 6'5"?
0: Yeah, and uh, no, P.J. Horn. Fault.
1: He plays hard. Their best rebounder is, is a one guard, freshman guard. I mean, it's just there's some disadvantages, and we're a disadvantage every time we have to rely on the three-point shot and it's not falling. We're not going to win many games
0: and yeah, Mike Young desperately needs to find two big guys. He's got to find two quality transfers something. He's going to have to go find Sadly
1: that's just so hard in college because oh, it's hard. In, it's any quality big man is going to go to Duke or any place like that and they're going to they're one year in and out but you just hope to recruit some height. like I think a good example of guys like the Hokies need to target's like Mamadi Diakite with Virginia. He was there even though he was a four-star recruit. He's a guy who's developed over time, and that's what the hokies need. They're not going to get a guy who's a lottery pick coming the in here. Thing.
0: and we got charmed, and it wasn't evilly charmed it was just charmed. we got charmed by the fact that this team seemed to really hit the hit its stride and get well, they hit a high water mark. And now the outside shooting, outside shooting depends so much on being able to go inside when you need to go inside and you're choosing to stay outside, to shoot outside for the three points, that you're setting up quality shots, the the kinds of shots that each of the different kinds, because each player makes different angles, has a better time with different angles of three-point shot. And, and you know, some guys are better from outside, some guys are better from you know, 24 feet and off angle to near the top of the key. It's just one of those things that if you can't shake those guys loose and into those zones where they get comfortable body positioning, can get up and get a quality shot up, which obviously they're not, that's what's going to happen. So the basketball team right now, I think we're what we're playing for is pride. What's happening is now... They need to get a couple of wins, and maybe they can get into the NIT instead of having the season end. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a good thing to fold up shop at the end of the season, having done the best you can, but then go and build on it from there. I don't know. Sometimes
1: they're still in good shape for the NIT. I mean, they're 14-9
0: and nine yeah. right now. They're yeah, still in good shape. So far, that bubble's still there. And they might be on the on the good side of the NIT bubble. So yeah, but
1: when we say, that, when we say the a ship sailed, that we're talking about the NCAA tournament. That's not going to yes, happen. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah, the NCAA tournament is over. I know somebody think, oh, I've heard, well, I think it just went out. Okay, well, if everything fell into place and they won out, they might get a play in. And the chances of them winning out are really slim. So let's just focus on what can be done. And what can be done is to quality run into the NIT. Yeah, the basketball team is one of those things. But the other thing is, is, and and you have an article coming out about it, or actually, we're talking about it, and it will come out tonight, the one we're talking about. So everybody is going to hear from you. I'm going to turn it over to you when we come back from the commercial and let you talk about the article that will have been out for a day or two about the infamous press conference with Justin Fuente and the transfer portal. So we'll be back after these messages. Hey, we're back. Brian would like to talk a little bit about this article that he wrote regarding Justin Fuente and the big controversy, even from ESPN, over what he had to say at his press conference the other day regarding the transfer portal and how they view the transfer portal and students who put their names into the transfer portal from now on. So, hey, Brian, go ahead.
1: Yeah, this comes on the heels of National Signing Day, which was a pretty much a clunker for the Hokies as we signed one guy. We signed two players. One was the transfer Blackshear from Rutgers. Not a surprise. We knew that back in December. And then we signed Allen Wright, who committed on Monday or Sunday or Monday, who visited over the weekend, picked up a late offer, a receiver from South Carolina, who I know fans will look at and say, he's a three-star. He just got offered. But I haven't actually watched the kid yet, so I'm not going to offer too much judgment. But I've had people tell me that I trust that he is a prospect to watch out for. So, and I'm going to try to watch him this week and maybe offer up a write up on him. But I don't think we should dismiss that and the fact that there's lack of depth coming up this season. He could find himself playing in the fall, but outside of that, Puente met with the press yesterday after the signees came in, and because we all know most of them signed in December, and he was asked about Baylor, which I didn't find too too interesting. I mean, I, I, you kind of knew what he was going to say about Baylor. He wasn't going to give too much. Somebody had asked him, was he actually off for the job? And he said he wasn't going down that road, which is what we expect. But he talked about the transfer portal. And what he said garnered headlines everywhere. It made a lot of people mad. But if you listen to the whole thing, there was more to it than just the headline. The headline was a little bit of clickbait. He said, basically, if you enter the transfer portal, you are not welcome back at Virginia Tech. While that is part of what he said, he basically was referring to this year's transfer portal entries by saying last year when the kids entered the portal, he didn't do a good job explaining the rules of the portal because it was new to a lot of the players. He said this year he had a talk with his team. You know, if you're going in that direction, pretty much we're going to use your scholarship on somewhere else. We're not going to have room for you. They don't have room now. That's why they're not coming back. They don't have the room. And none of the players that entered the portal were really going to be, outside of Hazleton, who's already found a home in Missouri, none of those guys were really expected to be starters anyway. Grimsley, you could have used, he's a former starter, you could have used Grimsley. He's a good player. Ladler was a good player, but I think he's been passed on the depth chart. But Fuente said that everything was going to be taken on a case-by-case basis instead of it being a flat-out you're not coming back, you're not welcome here. That's not exactly what he was meaning. He said things will be taken on a case-by-case basis, yet that wasn't put out there. So I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt on that one. What what do you think about that, John?
0: Magic number is 85. We were overdrawn at the teller's window for that 85. When people put their names in the transfer portal, that frees up a scholarship in 2020, in in this season, this fall, which is when they start it opens up a scholarship for Justin Fuente to offer to a football player, especially one that he's trying to keep, you know, remember that people got to remember there's probably what, a hundred kids on the roster, sometimes upwards of 105, depending.
1: Yeah. When you Uh, talk about the walk-ons.
0: Yeah. About the walk-ons and everything. So basically now a preferred walk-on, you get a kid that goes to the transfer portal. Suddenly you have a scholarship shakes free for a kid who's a preferred walk-on is working his butt off. You know, so there's a business decision and the business decision is I got a limited number of scholarships that I can hand out. And if a kid walks away from his scholarship, I don't have a scholarship to offer him. You know, he might say, hey, look, you know, I'd like to have you back, but you're not on scholarship anymore because your scholarship's gone to somebody else because that's the way it is. It's not like the NCAA just says, hey, give everybody a scholarship. Doesn't work that way. Most people don't know that, by the way. It was funny. Is a lot of sports people don't know that. They think they know it, like sort of, kind of, but they don't. The they don't actually know the reality. It doesn't dawn on them. They're so into what they got to feel and what seems like a cool thing to say or to attract attention. You know, that they get the emotion and they forget that there's a business involved.
1: Well, I think a lot of people just wanted to put it out there because we know how some some people in the media do they want to they're going to get the juiciest nugget make it the headline and get clicks and that's doing a disservice to fuente but in this sense it's just being
0: honest i mean he's just hey look you know i gave those scholarships away to the kids that want to play yeah i don't i don't take
1: you know I, i have my issues with him at times and some of the and how he handles things but in this instance he did he was just honest and and i think he he was forthright and what he said was completely true and you know and I agree with him and and I think part of it is too he didn't lose anybody that he had to have back and the whole thing with Hazleton that he I'm sure they want Hazleton back but from what I've gathered Hazleton wasn't the easiest guy to get along with at times and they expected him to leave anyway I think most everybody expected him to enter the NFL draft whether he was a mid-round late-round pick or what most people expected that and When that didn't happen, I think maybe some thought, "Okay, he's going to be back." But when he entered the portal, no one was really surprised, and they had already prepared for life
0: without. Yeah, that was that. I think the only unpleasant surprise was Hesey because Hesey was doing a good job with what he was doing, returns and that kind of stuff. He was getting way better at judging returns and things. But he also had the that was a family issue. That wasn't uh well, that that so so that wasn't even Hezzy saying, I don't want to be here. It was Hezzy saying, I'm sorry, I can't be here.
1: He was a and, solid player and he was a he's a team guy too. And he and he was yeah. well respected by the coach and the players. But let's be honest, at the slots, but he got replaced by a better player and, and sure, he got Robinson. passed. Robinson's a better receiver, Robinson's a better returner, Robinson's an electric player. They could have used Grimsley back next year because he would have played a lot. But Fuente realized, you know, he probably thought to himself, he likes the kid, he roots for the kid. If he if he can get a chance to play, start somewhere else, I'm not going to stand in his way. And I'm sure guys like him and Ladler were the guys, I think Fuente probably well, respects the matter.
0: Most, you've seen most of these transfers, these kids have gone to FCS schools or mid-majors or, you know, there's only one that's gone up or over and that was Trayvon Hill and he had kind of a mediocre year that year so yeah he you know. didn't
1: really and I wouldn't say Miami's over I think we they're kind of on the same par as we are but I think uh he didn't have the year that he thought he was going to have and yeah you know, well that's another story anyway in Trayvon Hill but Fuente also went into depth in the press conference about the unexpected what these kids are these kids enter the portal and, and they they have this expectation of they're going to go somewhere else and, and get more playing time or have a better situation. And Like Fuente said, you're not going to go anywhere else where your support system is like it is here. The people who care about you succeeding is here. So if you leave here, you're entering the great unknown. It's not going to work out for you. More often than not, he's right. More often than not, it's not going to be a better situation because the people who recruited you, developed you they're here
0: you're talking about a guy who's being honest too he's being honest because he's telling people because he's taking advantage of the transfer portal too we've got a couple of good players out of the transfer portal for various different reasons but he seems to be very selective about about why he's accepting kids into the program from the transfer portal though you know he's not like just willing-nilly taking kids that seem to have it in their head that they just want to go play for somebody else you know that's yeah. that's one of the, those things
1: the blackshear and herbert both players they got both running backs although i expect blackshear to be a kind of a gadget guy slot running back everything they're going to help the team this year both of those guys will
0: yeah they, they will and their experience they've got they've got as fuente was pointing out they have They have snaps. And now Fuente's also got a a cupboard full of quarterbacks, which is going to be, you know, was part of the topic of conversation. Yeah.
1: He actually, not to interrupt you, he actually spoke on that. He says, We have, I'm excited. He was effusive in his praise for all three. And yeah, I'm including Quincy Patterson, who some thought would leave. Quincy's a, Quincy's another team first guy. He's back. He's working hard. But Coach Fuente said, We've got three quarterbacks who've won. Divi- you know division one fbs games he said what other school can say that and he's right they got three guys who have won games at this level it's, it's a pretty so, nice thing to have which was a lot different than what we had going into last year
0: so you know everybody needs to chill out you know it's it's doldrums time football wise so we won't be bringing up too much until we start sliding into spring we'll start talking about baseball here pretty soon I'd like to talk about uh, next week, I think, round ball roundup. We're also going to talk about the women's team a little bit because the women's team is really doing pretty well. We need to do a bow in their direction because they're kind of fun to watch. I really enjoyed going to the games when I got a chance to go to the games over at Castle and, and watch watch the ladies play. They they play really hard, and some, they got real great personalities, and it's fun to watch them on the floor. It's a different ball game than the men's ball game because of different style of play and different height differences and everything. But, but for the most part, uh, it's just as exciting. So I'd like to like to cover that next week. Maybe we'll go through and find out what the, what the ladies have been doing. So Brian, you got anything else before we knock off for the evening?
1: No, I think that's about it.
0: Okay. Well, as we always say, and see you next week on the podcast. We might have a short-notice podcast, depending on what the news looks like, but for the most part, it'll be next week. So, as always, go Hokies!